Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. What's up, everybody? Michael Govier, Benjamin Chase, Phil Goyette. It's called the Palazzo Podcast. Prospects Half Hour. We give you 30 minutes or so of Dynasty Talk, mixing in prospects of the future, prospects of the now, and anything else that comes to mind in 30 minutes. It's a half-hour show. Follow Benjamin Chase on Twitter at BigGentleBen. Follow Phil on Twitter at Phil of Sports, P-H-I-L, of course. And I'm at MJ Govier in the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's. Give me two. Two Z's. So today's show, we're going to continue and finish off the last show. Since we only have 30 minutes, guys, sometimes we run out of time. And last week, you guys had a bunch of stuff that you brought to the table. So that's what we want. But we still had a couple of guys that we want to talk about as far as buy low dynasty targets. So we're going to finish yeah. those off. And if we get other commentary from the live chatters, as per usual, we'll we'll stream that in as best we can. What do you guys say? Is that reasonable? Sounds good. Cool. Hey, all right, cool. Uh, so a quick, super quick rehash here. Last week's show, we covered, uh, I remember Alex Ramirez of the Mets was one of the guys we talked about. Ben, that was one of your guys. Well, I, right? I got this week. I got him in a trade this week. <laughs> nice. Hey, way to go. Look at you taking actual advice from your own show. That's impressive. Yeah. I traded uh, Mike Trout, but I did get Ramirez as part of the return. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, who else did we cover? I can only remember him now. My other one was Luis Matos. Yeah. And of course, JJ Blade, who we must discuss every episode. <laughs> yeah. JJ Blade. <laughs> and uh, Usniel Diaz was my other one. Oh, of I course. Oh, yeah. How can I forget yeah. Usniel? Yeah. Holy. I was just going to look, and he actually is now back with uh, Norfolk. He made his he debut again yesterday. You know, sadly went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts, but he is back in AAA. So he's back one step away from the majors. So, yeah, the O's got a lot cooking over there. Triple A, you got uh, Mr. Henderson yeah, hit Norfolk, for the cycle, you're really close to the majors. So, yeah, yeah. Gunnar Henderson hit for the cycle. People, so yeah, I saw Gunner. people in my home league picked him up yesterday, and I was like, Why is someone picking up Gunnar Henderson in a 14 team eight keeper league? And then I saw that he hit a cycle, and people, oh, this is the guy. Shout out to Jay, by the way. I love you, Jay. You're a good man, but he's always picking up the next big thing, he's always ready to go. Mm. So, yeah, maybe I've been trying to tell you all for a couple of years, Gunnar Henderson, you need to watch him. So uh, I don't know. I didn't see this coming necessarily. He really uh, changed the plate discipline and sort of his and with it, a lot of his offensive profile this year. So um, he always had the af- athleticism and the power. And I think his defense was better than what he'd been getting credit for. Uh, but now he's taking walks and not striking out as much. So it's exciting. And he's. The power has been unleashed. Selecting his pitches has allowed him to really pick which ones to drive. And, you know, he's, he always kind of looked like a guy that was going to, the way he, his approach was previous to this year, he looked like a 20 home run guy that was going to put up 35 doubles. Now, I wouldn't surprise me if that's a 30 home run hitter. You know, the way he, with his selection now, 
he's I mean, he's accessing the full length of his power now. I mean, he's really putting balls out. I mean, they're not scraping over the wall when he hits one. He really puts a charge into one. So, okay. Well, yeah, hey, I think Phil. Anything, anything yeah. falls off, it's a batting average. So, yeah. Oh, well, let's hope that doesn't happen for Gunnar Henderson. He's at Triple A. He's only 21 years old. So he's moving quickly. He's getting very, very close. Then again, the Orioles are not always quick to make that final move from Triple A to MLB. So it may be like, Less so than other teams, I would say, just because the guy's a triple A doesn't mean he's on the brink of showing up necessarily to the big club. All right. So continuing forth on our dynasty by low targets. Uh, Phil, why don't we start with you? Who's left on your list? Who's next? Oh, I've got a big old list of big old guys. <laughs> Let's start sure with a big old guy. Uh, Wes Clark is a big old guy. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe a little too old for level and he's pretty big. Dude's got some real form. Yeah. Those baseball player forearms, I'm always so jealous. I have really skinny arms. I always have. It's like a genetic thing. <laughs> uh, and then a big chest. So they used to call me a T-Rex back in mm-hmm. the day. <laughs> sure. So uh, anyway, Wes Clark uh, was a very, very good college hitter for South Carolina. Um, Milwaukee drafted him, which I'd like to see because I do think they have a certain profile that maybe leans a little toward the three true outcome guy, but I think they can get a lot out of him. And, and Wes Clark could be like that. But he's on my list because he's got a big gap between what his actual Woba is this year and then what my estimated ex-Woba is for him. So, um, and it's pretty significant. Estimated ex-Woba is up to actually 376. Uh, he's got a double-digit estimated barrel rate. Um, he's getting crushed by BABIP, so 229 BABIP. I think if I remember from his college days, he is quite pull-heavy. I'm winging this, but um, <laughs> I think he pulls the ball a good bit, and that could always be a sort of Achilles heel for him. Um, but being a first base prospect and being a little older, if, if you're looking for an upgrade, maybe you got a guy in, in your minors, that's not quite cutting it for you. And you want to see who else is out there. Wes Clark's probably sitting on the, uh, on the wire on waiver wire. So, um, to have a look at him, I do like him. I do think he'll hit for power at the big league level. Okay. Well, you speak, I listen. There's no doubt about that. Phil Goyette knows his prospects and by low dynasty target. What's his name? One more time. I already forgot his name. Wes Clark. Wes Clark. That's right. Yep. First base prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers. And Clark with an E. An E at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Not like the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, Who you got next, Benjamin Chase? (laughs) So the list that I had, my guys really had uh, rough weeks, except for one. Uh, So I'm going to talk about him first. Uh, The first one I'll talk about is the guy who's closest to the majors. And... Uh, actually comes with a team that just brought up a guy we've been waiting for for a while with the Royals, who finally brought up Vinny P. Um, yes. But they also, in their organization, have a habit of finding this these kind of maxed out high high floor infielders that get to the majors and then just do something. I mean, they're able to at least be something at the major league level. And they just have a knack for finding those guys in the draft. And the guy who I've, I've been just kind of watching this year, and it's been Michael Massey. And he started out in double A, and now he's gotten up to triple A. He had another big week this week. And now his line between double A AA and triple A this year, 314, 365, 524. And I don't think he's a shortstop but he absolutely can handle second base. He's got enough arm to handle third. And 
one of those guys they could probably play him around a little bit second third he could you know pinch he could handle short definitely could play a little left field that type of a guy for him but he's got 12 homers 10 steals just kind of does all the things a lot of high baseball iq there just that type of a guy and they just seem to bring those guys you know they just seem to develop those guys and he's really tearing it up with omaha he's actually turned it up another gear with omaha this since he got promoted so he's you know they're Hey, Whit Merrifield's always the guy everybody wants at trade deadline time. If yep. they finally pull the trigger on trading him, all players, yep, you know, or Benintendi, so or Benintendi, you know, and there's there's a guy who could end up coming up and not saying he's going to come up and hit for the same type of numbers, but he might give you a, a 270, 330, 340, and a 450 line. And gosh, if if he's second base eligible. That's a pretty darn good line from a second baseman. Yes. You know, there's a lot of second basemen that are rostered that aren't giving you that kind of number. And like I said, not a ton of counting numbers for home runs and steals, but he's a type of guy who I think long-term, he's a 10-10 type of guy. So that's not going to kill you either. I mean, really, if you want a good comparison, think like Omar Infante type of numbers back in his day. Ooh. You know, that type of 10-10 not going to kill you type of numbers as far as average and OBP. That's the type of comparison as far as who he could be as a major leaguer. Okay. I feel like you mentioned him before you officially joined the show back a few episodes back. Didn't you bring him up in the uh, outside the top 100? Or was that that show? Well, when we were talking, um, I believe when we were talking. AL Central uh, Prospects. AL Central Prospects. We were talking the Royals, and he was my not in yet the top five or whatever that I thought could pop up. And he's That's absolutely fulfilled that this year. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, Anthony's here. He's usually late, but he's somewhat on time today. And he's <laughs> got a bunch of names here. So uh, Phil real quickly, Joey Estes, Cody Morris, Tobias Harris, Levi Stout, Brandon Walter, Tommy Romero. That's a lot of names. Is there any potential in this AL only rotation? Uh, you know, Ben might know more on Estes because he was a Braves farmhand before he got traded, but we talked about him definitely on, on the Oakland show or the AL West show. Um, I think there's some stuff there, and I like his attitude. And I like his mentality. Um, so Estes I'd be happy with. Cody Morris is a guy that the ERA estimator I make is, has liked for Cleveland for some time. Um, I don't know where he's at this year. I'm, I'm totally drawing a blank on it, but um, – so those are would it be at least two intriguing arms, I would think, especially if it's AL only. It's got to be deeper if it's AL only. So um, th- those would be the two interesting guys I would start with maybe trying to build around. Morris is at AAA, by the way, for the uh, Guardians. Yeah, it's just has he he's debuted, I believe, too. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. We got eight. Last we got eight games start. Oh, wait, no, that's 2021. He hasn't debuted yet. You're right. But he is there. Yeah. And Brandon Walter's a pretty solid lefty arm for the in the Red Sox system. And there was a point this year where he and um, Brian Bello were going back and forth as to who was going to have the better start each week in that Portland rotation. Obviously, Bello has been pushed forward. Um, I like Walter a lot, but I think he's he's an arm angle type of guy from the left side. Who he's got two really good pitches. And then it really falls off after those two pitches. But 
a lefty sounds reliever-ish. Yeah, but a lefty with that arm angle stuff, a lot of times can get away with that for five. Yeah, you know, for a five and drive type of guy, if you can get five out of a guy like that, because the one thing he does do is he pounds the zone with what he has. So if you can get through five with a guy like that, yeah, after that, get out of there. You know, he's he's probably not going to be a healthy guy to expect seven out of at the major league level, but that might be a guy to kind of just keep track of if the Red Sox have the type of stuff behind him. Estes, like you mentioned, I love his mentality on the mound. He goes after guys. And Attacking, yeah. He just he doesn't really have a a true plus pitch, but he's got a lot of stuff that's average to above average and the way he attacks with it, he really allows it to play up. So Okay. Uh Cecil Cooper is not available still since he retired <laughs> back in the 80s. That's a, <laughs> Man, that's a call back to our discord one. there that's a discord recall uh, <laughs> yeah that was a good one that's a it's not trying to be too inside baseball but if you're in the discord you know what that joke means we talked about cecil cooper ben brought up a comp which player were you talking about when you comped cecil cooper of the 80s who was the oh, that's Vinny p that's oh, Vinny p. Oh, yeah. yeah okay oh i wanted to ask this before we got off the show real quick because i know i would regret it and for some reason, I have not heard this guy's name around. And I'm paying attention every day. I really am. I'll miss a few guys here and there. But what is the deal with this Miguel Vargas character? Because suddenly he's getting a lot of run, and yeah. I hadn't really caught his name. He's a prospect for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. People are saying he might get the call because their outfield is so pathetic right now in terms of having a legitimate starter. Two of the guys might not even be starters. Trace Thompson and the other guy I can't even remember. So... Uh, quickly, Miguel Vargas, uh, this is the type of player that you want to be acquiring in Dynasty, or he's probably already on lockdown? I I like him a lot as a third baseman, but, I, I mean, defensively, I think he's a pretty darn good defensive third baseman, and bat-wise, he's a solid bat. Um, but th- I have seen that they've been playing him a little more around, which to me says we're working to get you ready to come up to the majors because the Dodgers have a habit of that. If there's a guy that... Okay, your bat is showing us we're ready to get you up to the majors, um, but we don't have that. Don't you play some left field. Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go play some left field. Figure out that you can yeah. do that. And uh, the Royce Lewis. It? That's what they did with you know? Lewis earlier this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. It didn't work out for yeah. him. You know, if if can you play yeah, second in a shift? You know, can you can you play shortstop in a shift? You know, can you play you know a little bit of right field? Can you play you know and and they do that sort of stuff and. You end up with the great part is you end up with a guy like Muncie when he's not hitting terrible this year, um, but a guy who ends up with like four position eligibles on your on your dynasty team, which is a really nice thing to have, you know. Yeah. But that's it'll be interesting to watch and see how um, how he gets promoted. But he is, I, I really like Vargas's bat. Overall, I think he could be a really good play, but the, I guess the, the thing to watch there is while he's got more discipline, there's a lot of similarity in a, in approach to Rios, to uh, Edwin Rios. And he has kind of had his struggles at the major league level. So just to kind of keep that little bit of, you know, Hey, he, he might walk more than Rios, but at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, they, they try to put a scalding on the ball when they hit it. They're not just up there trying to get on base. They're trying to beat the crap out of a baseball when they hit it. So don't don't just, you know, th- 
there might be some struggles right away as pitchers figure out their hole and then exploit them for swinging too hard after it. So, yep, <laughs> yep. And he's young, and he's young, and he hasn't had much triple A time. Um, so he could be exploitable, but we'll, we'll see. Um, well, Muncie's kind of an interesting comp in a weird way. I guess he doesn't hit for quite as much power, um, but he should get on base a good chunk. I agree with Ben about the, the third base defense. I think that makes the most sense for him long term. So maybe yeah, he's but... bedded in with the team some this year, and then if Turner finally moves on or whatever, he, he plays third base for him. But the last I can recall watching him was actually back for uh, Great Lakes, I want to say. Uh, Great Lakes Ooh. Loons up in Midland, Loons. Michigan. Loons, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And, nice uh, area. And that was, that was back when they were a full season or a low A team, not a high A team, so. Um, but man, he could he could play third base like he looked mm-hmm. legit as a third baseman. So, yeah. Well, he might. Uh, by the way, Anthony says Cody Morse said Tommy John. That's why he didn't pitch this year. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Anthony, filling in the cracks on our show here. We need that. There's talk about Vargas coming up as a left fielder, like I said, and in the mold of a Miguel Cabrera before him, who would come up. Remember, he came up with the Marlins. Not that he is Miguel Cabrera. I'm just saying he plays outfield. Then he comes back into his natural position later when Justin Turner finally moves on. Justin Turner's 37 years old, so the clock's really ticking on him. But they also are loyal to him, so it'll be a process. And I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts, and we did that. How, how old was Miggy when he came up? Was he 19? 20. He was 19 20? or 20, yeah. yeah. He was 20. Was I'm locking Vargas, in on a solid Var- 20. <laughs> Vargas is probably already already two and a half years older than Miggy was when he came up. Which is just nuts. He looked like a child. He looked like a child. He had such a baby face when he came up, right? I do. I remember that very well. I mean, he yeah. was born in 1983, and he came up in 03 that year, and it was yeah. after April, so he was 20. Yep. Okay, so I'm older than Miggy. That's strange. Well, I guess we're similar age. That is also I weird. am too, but it's close. Yeah. yeah. Very close. Very close. All right. Uh, here's Coco Chad from Twitch, who's our official Twitch watcher, Coco the one Crisp. and only we have on Coco Crisp. Yeah. Well, it's actually Cow Chad. I don't know why. C-A-O. I don't know why I called you Coco. Sorry Ciao. about that, Chad. Ciao, Chad. Cow Chad. Uh, is there anything left in the value tank on Jackson Rutledge? Has been mostly awful for two yeah. years. But zero earned runs in three of his last four starts and four of his last seven. I saw this guy as well. In my, I'm trying to hype up my incredible prowess as a scout, which is total bullshit. But I saw him pitch in Arizona last fall, and I was not impressed at all. I was like, "This guy sucks." I don't. People were typing him up like he was something special. That was, I mean, only saw him once. It's not fair to him. I don't know him as a human being either. He could be an amazing person. He could be a horrible person. I have no idea. But uh, Jackson Rutledge, Ben, anything there? So, one of the things that when I first got into actual like watching guys and trying to do some scouting, one of the things somebody told me is once you hit about 6566, six, six, there's just, for some reason, there's a button in the human body for pitchers. And keeping their delivery in sync is just not feasible over that, over that point, except that for the very, 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 very elite few. And Rutledge is 6'8". And that is a big, big reason for his issues, is he will get completely out of sync, and all of a sudden his foot is landing and his arm is still back at his hip. And so all of a sudden he's doing nothing but throwing with arm. Or he's landing and his 
you know, arm is already ready to release and his leg isn't ready to land yet. You know, so, I mean, he is just all over the place in his delivery at times. And that is really a big reason why he struggled in the past. And, you know, we mentioned, it was mentioned that he's, you know, he's allowed zero earned runs in um, three of the last four. The big thing to me that I see in the three of the last four, he's got one walk, zero walks, one walk, one walk in those last four outings. That's huge for him. But that said, that's coming from a 23-year-old. Yep. At low A. Yep. And, you know, there's, you just, you got to worry a little bit about managing expectations, but it does put him just at least a little bit back onto the radar to at least watch and see. You know, I wouldn't go out and throw him onto my dynasty roster right now, but, you know, as, as the fan tracks thing has that nice little star you can put next to a guy's name, I might click yeah. on that star and highlight him and say, hey, this is a guy that maybe I want to start watching again because I can tell you before this season and probably in, you know, April, May, when he was spotting up, you know, eight runs in three innings, I probably was taking that star off of his name if I still had it there. So would you be more invested if you converted to relief? It's like I said it's just all a matter of if he control the ball. I think that's his only chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna have to. Yeah. To Ben's point, maybe if he's in a different org or had a different developmental path, right? Where he, he was a JUCO kid, uh, and then the Nats are just not really famed for their pitching development at this point. Um. So uh. he does throw gas. He does throw gas. I remember. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I think as a reliever, he's a lot more intriguing than a starter that you're hoping can get through five innings without walking five guys. So, Okay. Well, not a ringing endorsement, but yes, thank you. Uh, we try to answer as many questions as we can in 30 minutes or less. The Plausible Podcast so, or, prospects. In other words, Gouvier was right. He sucked. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, and I only say that I, I use hyperbole. It's I'm, I'm just entertaining here, okay? I, th- I wonder if people watch this like, hey, you don't know him. That's not very nice. Look. I'm entertaining here. I don't mean any personal harm towards anybody. So just enjoy the show. I care about humanity. I have empathy and all those things. If you need my resume or my CV about how much I care about society or people, or I know that we could be painfully tough on certain people, you know, email me. I'm happy to respond. We can chat about it. But uh, like we talked about last week, you know, the adopt a minor league program was something we pushed last show, and we're going to push that every week. So if you're yeah. not familiar with it, go to adoptaminorleaguer.com and check it out. If you could spare a little bit of money, I know there's a lot of penny pinching going on right now. I respect that. I'm living it. We're all living it. Come on. But if you can do it, Ben can vouch for it. He's literally doing it now. He knows that it's worth the time, and he's literally spoken to his minor leaguer and he knows that it helps and makes a difference. And there's a lot more where that came from who still need help. So don't assume that every minor leaguer has a bunch of cash and is a bonus baby. By the way, isn't that term is so over, right? We don't even use that term anymore. That's so 1930. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You know, big, big news this week with um, the Congress and thinking about investigating yeah. Um, and asking for the MILB advocates, I believe, for, yeah. um, I don't know if they've subpoenaed them for information or asked them to testify. Um, now, I don't, I don't know. I got to dig into the legal stuff a little bit. My initial take is that 
I doubt the antitrust exemption is going anywhere, but I would not be surprised if it does get used as a bit of a um, fungo ball, <laughs> not football. Hey, a fungo ball to try and chip away at some of the essentially the working conditions that minor leaguers have to play under, and why why should they be subjected to treatment that's different than other employees of other organizations? Because they play a sport or because they entertain for a living, um, I, I, you know, you've seen a lot of the half-assed arguments about, you know, they're getting so much beneficial information when they come to the free, you know, when they come to the um, preseason workouts and they're not paid for it and they've got to pay their own way there and they've got to put themselves up in housing. Um, so I think that some of that shit hopefully will go away from it, especially if they can dangle that antitrust exemption over the owner's heads i just don't know i don't know that they're gonna go full hog and get rid of it anyway just (laughs) i got off track there full hog i like that that's an interesting phrase uh chad's back real quickly can you guys hook me up on the deets on Derek hall and his call up today i know a lot of phillies prospects but he is completely unknown to me his name is Derek hall and i've never heard this name ben have you heard this name he's he's uh Basically, if if Reese Hoskins didn't know how to take a walk, that's Derek Hall. Um, that's that's really big guy that can really beat the crap out of a ball. That, yeah, that's that's really who Derek Hall has been. I mean, he's been one of those guys that I've tracked just because you know the Phillies are a, a rival of the Braves, and you watch the guy hit twenty plus home runs in the minor leagues, and you're like, uh oh, is this the guy sure. we need to start worrying about a little bit? But no, he's overall i mean the he's got legit power he's going to a really good park that could allow that power to play so fantasy wise watch how much he's playing because if he's getting legit playing time he's definitely in a park where that could play and you could get some numbers out of it but boy he's just and he's he's borderline athletic enough to be an outfielder so he's pretty much a first base dh only so, I mean, it's, yeah, not trying to stamp on his parade or anything, but, you know. He's not even on Yahoo, Ben. I, I'm <laughs> typing his name in. He's not even exists in the Yahoo directory, which is, they actually have done a really good job of improving that, going really deep on prospects over the last five years. Because there was a time you couldn't find, like, the top five prospects would even be in their directory. So, mm-hmm. I'm not shitting on them. They do a good job, but that's how unknown Derek Hall is to me. Uh, Phil, you agree with Ben's sentiments? Yeah, yep. I'm just saying he's nearly 27 years old too, and he's getting oh, Bull Durham. Remember prospect. Dylan Cousins? Yeah, I thought Dylan Cousins yeah. would be a power hitter, but that never worked yeah, out. He went to like so. professional, did he go professional wrestling or something crazy like that. I think Football? he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he definitely quit baseball. That's for sure. He was a two sports star. All right, I'm wasting time. We got a few minutes left. I want to finish this list. Uh, ben, give me one more name. Well, this is one that that Phil. We finish like your list. Here. Phil, Phil might like to hear this one because it's Matthew Thompson. And uh, he's a Chicago White Sox guy. Um, yep. And uh, he's, you know, the White Sox have had a habit of recently picking some big arm preps. And he's kind of that guy out of Texas. Um, you know, but he's he's really struggled with his control before this year. And, um, you know, just he could throw the ball really hard, just didn't know where it was going. Um, and he kind of started the year looking looking pretty similar, um, but 
in the month of June, he's got an under seven walk rate, under 7% walk rate. Um, that strikeout rate, it was borderline 20% for a flamethrower. That's really not great. Um, that's up to about 27% this month. And on top of that, he's being efficient with his pitches, which has always been an issue with him. And he's getting five innings a start um, this month. He's made five starts, thrown 25 innings. I mean, now his last start was definitely his worst of the month. If we would have talked, <laughs> brought him up last week, those numbers would have been a lot better overall. But even then, those are still a lot better numbers than he's really put up ever. And this is a guy that like, he's got legit at least middle of the rotation type of stuff with a big, big arm and a big couple fastball. of breaking. Yeah. And a couple breaking balls that could work as a big league pitch. It's just a matter of he's got to control him, got to put him into the strike zone. And this year or this last month, he's really done a good job of doing that. Um, so definitely a guy to start at least watching and paying more attention to. Wow, Matthew Thompson. All right, Phil, give us one more for the road. I'll give you three because uh, <laughs> wow. Well, give me three. Guys you talk. Talk. These guys were on the give list last three. week. Their price, their price has went up since last week. Malcolm Nunez for the Cardinals. I believe yep. he hit a shit ton of home runs this week. Uh, the estimator liked him because it said he should have been hitting for more power than he actually was. Uh, he's at double A. He's 21 years old. He maybe can play third base. Probably not. But He's hitting the crap out of the ball. So Malcolm Nunez was a buy low. Um, Sammy Cyani, slamming Sammy Cyani of the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, who plays enough defense that he should be able to play in the bigs. Um, also, my estimators see a little more there, at least in the power hitting department. So Cyani's a guy I actually picked up in a trade this week. He's a throwing guy. So Cyani, Sammy Cyani for the Pittsburgh Pirates, high A. Um, and then uh, Anthony Volpe who has also kind of turned it around Ooh. in the last week or two. So people were, I think, worried about him early in the year because he was off to a slow start. That was probably the real time to buy low on him. Last week would have been nice. At this point, I don't know how low you're buying, but um, I think he's he's legit. He's a legit player. So um, if you can get your hands on him, maybe you still do. Mm-mm. Okay, well, that was a nice speed round of the final buy low <laughs> dynasty targets for Benjamin Chase and Phil Goyette. And uh, I just say words in between. This is the Plaza Podcast <laughs> Prospects Power Half Hour. We do three different types of shows a week. We do this show, then we do uh, a one on one show. Tomorrow, Chris Towers will be on. Me and Chris Towers will be talking directly yeah, from CBS. CBS. I like to say CBS like Brent Musburger used to say in the 80s. CBS. That's yeah, before you got Still fired. can't do it very well. Of course, that's right. <laughs> uh, although my friend and I, when he switched to ABC, he did college football, so we always got a healthy dose of Brett Musburger every fall. Oh God! Always, we always used to call him. We we would call him uh, Butt Musburger. Hello, everybody. I'm Butt Musburger. I don't know why we do that. It's just something to do. Kids are idiots, here at the you. big house, and that's I am right. ready. You're looking live at me, half-cocked, and we're at the big house. There it is. Excellent show, gentlemen. Thank you, Jared. Thanks to Chad from Twitch. Thanks to everybody who chimed in. Anthony, thanks for correcting us or at least enlightening us about Cody Morris and his Tommy John. What happened to him? You can follow. Yeah, you got to. Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Gentle Ben. Follow Phil at Philipsports, P-H-I-L, and MJ Govier. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Give me two. we'll be back next Wednesday. Wait, oh, uh, next week's 4th of July. 
I think we might be off. Is it Wednesday or not Tuesday? over here? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll do a show maybe. If I think the Fourth of July is on a Tuesday. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll let you know if there's any changes. And if you want to be updated, you should be following the Twitter or be in the Discord, which is totally free. You can talk to these guys in there when we're not broadcasting. All right, make us set it off. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.